What's up, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can help this show to grow while also getting access to our exclusive Pride content, which includes shows like Conspiracy Corner, Degenerate Gamblers, Special Interviews, Lions of Liberty Roundtables, and much, much more. So check that out. Help us grow at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, episode number 63. I am Brian McWilliams, the one, the almost only, because there is another Brian McWilliams out there. Several, in fact. One guy uh, wrote a book called Spam Kings. And here I am spamming your ears with liberty. So stuff them full of that delicious pork product, friends, because you're about to get some education. All right. So, of course, as always, this is episode 63, meaning you can go and find all the show notes at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL63. And uh, you know what? I'm drinking. I'm drinking during this show. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. I usually, uh, I've curtailed the drinking during the weekdays uh, a bit, but I've been training. I am in training because you may or may not have heard that we're doing a little something over at Pork Fest, which of course Roger Paxton puts together out in New Hampshire, in which the Lions of Liberty will be appearing at. We're going to be doing some podcasts over there uh, and also playing a basketball game against Eric July and backwards. So you don't want to miss that. <laughs> that is actually happening. Three on three, baby. Me, Rico, and Odie. John Odermatt from Felony Fridays. We will be taking on backwards in a three on three endeavor. And uh, I know Eric July prides himself on on the playing of the game. So we'll see. I think it's all going to come down to conditioning. But the thing is, I have I have uh, opposite drives here. Like I'm conditioning to play backwards at basketball. Definitely need heavy conditioning because I had back surgery like two years ago on a uh, badly herniated disc. So I've not been playing. It's just, you know, it's like a little too risky. But for the sake of liberty, I'm like, I got to get back out on the court, man. I got to drain some 15, 15 footers. I got to block some shots. Yell in his face, like backwards. That's a, your ball just went out of July. Nah, I, sometimes I talk like a, a, an angry hillbilly, I think, when I'm on the court. So anyway, that should be interesting. But I, I got to train for that. I have to get my physical conditioning in shape. And you know, that's basically like wanting wind sprints. So... I really got to get my lungs up to, to capacity. I got to get my legs up to capacity. So I have to do a lot of cardio work. And on the other side, we're doing the Epic Whiskey Challenge, which we're also doing at Porkfest. Well, we do one of our Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor episodes, which will be live there with a the studio audience, which would be awesome. But that involves two teams of three, which is me, John Odermatt, and J.B. Lubin, who you've heard on some of our podcasts, uh, against Rico, Mark, and Howie Snowden, otherwise known as the Godfather of Liberty. And the goal of this is to finish a handle of whiskey between three people in the shortest amount of time. So we're going to be drinking during the podcast. So on one hand, I need to get my cardio all jived up. On the other hand, I need to get my liver accustomed to drinking a full handle of whiskey. How do you do both of these at the same time? I don't know. I'm going to figure it out somehow, some way, though. That much, I promise you, because I plan on winning both easily. So I am drinking some Jim Beam today. That's that's the traditional whiskey challenge drink. We may not end up drinking it, but that's tradition. So I'm drinking some Jim Beam Black Extra Aged, classing it up as I do this podcast today. And, uh, you know, speaking of drinking, 
So I was out with Mark Claire, of course, uh, is our flagship host on the Lions of Liberty podcast. He does his Monday shows talking to leaders in the Liberty movement, uh, in addition to doing a lot of our LILDL shows. And he just said Roger Paxton on, which is pretty, uh, pretty fun conversation. And if you ever want to hear Roger's firsthand story, first time ever told, talking about drawing his gun out in his own apartment on attackers as they're coming in the apartment, you got to listen to that show. Only told here on the Lions of Liberty for the first time. Roger, of course, hosts the Lava Flow podcast, so you should check that out as well. But I'm out with Mark Claire, and uh, and we're drinking on Friday night this past weekend. And who are we meeting up with? Well, just so happens that Jason Stapleton has moved here from the Japel Stapleton podcast, and uh, he has moved in just down the street. <laughs> it's, it's kismet. We have like a little Liberty oasis here in West LA, like a three mile radius. So we go out with Jason and uh, and have a good time with that guy. I mean, it, it was awesome hanging out. I tell you, honestly, uh, you never know because you never know what to think about people who you you think you know them a bit from the podcast, but you don't really know what's behind the curtain. Like I, but <laughs> I will tell you, for me, guys, uh, this is it. This is, you get what you get. Like this is uh, you meet me on the podcast. You're listening to me right now. There you go. This is it. <laughs> you're getting it right full blast in your face when you see me. If you come to Pork Fest, you'll encounter it in person. But uh, it was really fun hanging out with Jason. And we're actually going to be doing a big meetup now. So we talked this through when we were all together. I just spilled whiskey on my hand. Ah, lick that off. But we're going to have Jason. We're going to have me, Mark. And we're going to have another special guest. Dave Smith is going to be in Los Angeles. So we are doing a meetup group in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. And that's going to be on the 31st of March. So if you are hearing my voice, if you're in the LA area or surrounding areas and you want to come meet up with me, Mark, Jason Stapleton, and Dave Smith, have some drinks, slang some Liberty, then uh, you can come on out and go to the state, uh, excuse me, the show notes, get lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL63, and you can get an RSVP for the event. Make sure you RSVP for this, guys, because I guarantee uh, it's going to hit a capacity. So get in there early, get your ticket, get your RSVP. It's free to attend, but you got to have something at the door to show the people. That should be an awesome time. All right. So first things first, I'm drinking whiskey. So, you know, let's get angry. And uh, one of the things that's been making me really, really angry lately is the ongoing fucking ridiculousness on Venice Boulevard, which I've talked about on the show before. I live in LA. You're, you're familiar with Venice Beach, I'm sure. Everybody's familiar with Venice Beach. Well, there's a boulevard that leads to it. Major through fare. Three lanes on both sides. It's the way people get to the beach. It's the way people get to a lot of places in LA. These assholes, Garcetti, the mayor, uh, this Mike Bonin, piece of shit city councilman who I've emailed several nasty, nasty emails to. And of course he doesn't respond to them. One of them wasn't even, one of them was actually, it was nice enough that he could have responded. And then after he didn't, then I just got really vitriolic. I was just laying into him, uh, calling him all sorts of things. So what they've done is they decided between a bunch of, a bunch of dickheads who were uh, pro environment and pros, quote-unquote, safe streets, they got together and they said, you know what, here's a great idea. What we're going to do to slow down traffic and make things safer, and of course, has the added benefit of being part of the, quote-unquote, road diet they're pushing in, in L.A., to get people to stop using cars and use the shitty public transit, which doesn't work because nothing connects to anything, and the buses take forever in traffic. 
to try to get people to do that, they're going to take away lanes on major roads. And what do they replace them with? Well, they take them away for about two or three miles and they replace them with bizarre bike lanes, which makes zero sense. The way it's set up is that you have your two lanes now instead of three. Then you have a row of parked cars. Then you have some stanchions. Then you have a bike lane. Then you have the shit on the side. Now, while you now as a biker have a protected car barrier between you and cars going down the road, the problem is you now also have a full car between you and the person driving. Thus, when people are trying to make a right turn, they can't see anything. Seems obvious, right? What also seems obvious is that there'll be a lot of issues with the already traffic streets causing more traffic when you restrict these lanes. And we've seen that play out because businesses are closing. Small businesses along these routes are closing down. They're seeing business drop 30 to 40% by their own estimates because people now are confused by the setup. They're con- they don't want to deal with the traffic. And all the residential streets now have more traffic and more accidents because people are avoiding the main through fares and they're cutting through neighborhoods. So well done, jerk offs. Well done with this concept. And let's see, let's hear some more stats. I just got to yell at this at the top of the show. I swear to God, I'll get off it in a minute, but I'm just, it's just the perfect, it just encompasses everything about government you hate. The grand vision of bullshit that only a few select dickheads who don't deal with actual problems or commutes would believe in and buy into because they want to force you to do what's right by their standard. And if it doesn't, it's not convenient for you. If it makes your life infinitely worse in the short term, and who knows if it's ever going to pay off long-term by the way, but they don't care. Nope. This is what's good for you. This is democratic government in a nutshell, or at least progressive vision of government that they know what's best and you don't know shit. But as we're seeing statistically play out, total accidents, this is over the last year, and these are stats provided by the city. Total accidents up by 20%. Injury accidents up by 43%. Complaint of pain injury accidents up by 74%. So people who are supposed to be going slower apparently are going faster when they're hitting people. And visible injury accidents up by 30%. Now this is, again, all in the context of a, quote, safe streets initiative. And as we see so many times when we're dealing with government, the exact opposite is what actually occurs. So well done, L.A. And actually, you know, what? well done to the people that are pushing back on this. Because even in L.A., even in this land of progressives that are brainwashed by statism, that are brainwashed by environmentalism, that are brainwashed by these public works being good for everybody, they have pushed back so hard against this idiocy that they are now replacing the lanes again. They're they're tacitly admitting that they are wrong, that the government did the wrong thing by forcing this through. And of course, when it got forced through, by the way, it wasn't in you know, in uh, hand-holding ways with the public where they gave everybody advance notice and they had a lot of discussion. No, they just mowed it in there. And they're like, well, we posted that, you know, that thing online. You guys could have commented on that thing online, but you didn't. Assholes. So anyway, that's being replaced. And the people that pushed this in in the first place are probably going to be voted out. So that's good news for everybody. All right, let's move on to some other things. Uh, Let's get on some some Trump-esque things. How about that? So during a rally for uh, would-be chump, now is being proven a chump, Rick Saccone, or Sacconi? I'm going to say it's Saccone. It, uh, this is in Pennsylvania. GOP candidate. Looks like a seat that's going to go to the Democrats. Trump's out stumping for him. 
And he's making this big, bold pitch, as Trump does. And, of course, he ties in the drug war. Because if there's one thing Trump sucks on, well, there's one thing. There's many things Trump sucks on. But from a libertarian perspective, one of the top things Trump truly, truly sucks dick on, it's the drug war. So what does he do? He goes out there and he calls for executing drug dealers, which got some of the most enthusiastic cheers of the night. Isn't that heartbreaking? Talking about killing people that are providing a service for people that's not harming most, mostly anybody, especially we're talking about out in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where exactly in Pennsylvania this is happening. And I'm scrolling through this story. This is from the Wall Street Journal looking at, but God damn, I can't find it. It's got, I mean, I, I, it's got to be somewhere where it's like, uh, now, as you might've heard, audio cut out right there. And let me tell you this audience. Like I said earlier, you know, you get me unfiltered on this show. I recorded not knowing that my audio had stopped for, I would say a good 20 minutes talking about the drug war then I moseyed into the next topics coming up, talking about the new Secretary of State or the Deep Secretary of Deep State. They're the Deep Secretary of State, the new uh, Mike Pompeo. And I even did a whole little sketch, whole little comedy sketch, just off the top of my head, improv comedy, baby, about <laughs> a medieval black village that was being over-policed. Now, I'm going to try to recreate that because you know, it was worth it. I think it'll be entertaining for all, but God damn it, man. My heart's been taken out of it. This fucking computer. Ah, Jesus Christ. The things I do for love. I love you guys. The things I do for love. Going to re-record 20 minutes of content here for you. Uh, reproduce it in the best way I can. Anyway, let's get to where we were getting. So we're talking about Trump wanting to put drug dealers to death. Try to Try to get back on the rant. Let me pour myself whiskey. Now I'm going to be even drunker by the time this goddamn podcast ends. Now I have uh, 30 more minutes of whiskey in me. And I'm going back to the start. So anyway, Trump's in, in, you know, he's out in Pennsylvania. He's, he's stumping for this, this Sacco or Saccone guy. So he's talking about killing the drug dealers. We all know the drug dealers are just giving people something that they want. And we all know that looking at statistics, looking at all the different things out there, that a lot of the people that are using drugs are white people just like Trump. They're white people uh, that are upper class. It's not just these minority communities. You know, and if Trump wants to get ahead, you know, he's, he's out there talking about all this racist shit, uh, or so they say. I personally don't really believe he's racist. But people are branding him as a racist. Hey, Trump, why don't you take a stand on an issue like the drug war? Rather than going down Jeff Sessions' lane of saying that everybody that uses drugs is evil, that the only bad people use drugs. Why don't you go a different direction? Why don't you say, hey, you know what? The majority of America, some 70% wants to legalize it. California, Denver, Washington, Vegas, you could go in a store and buy it legally. But you are going out there saying, let's kill the people that are now, like, for example, you go into California, you could buy it across the counter. So what you want to go in and shoot them in the head if you because if you alter a bill if you if you sign a different piece of paper now they have a death warrant because they're now a drug dealer. I know a lot of drug dealers. They're not all evil. There's people trying to make a living, giving people what they want at an agreed upon exchange rate. No violence is exchanged. Violence comes into play when you get prohibition involved. You talk about battling the fucking cartels in Mexico. 
violence is coming from this cartel is because there's a black market, which you caused. Government causes. Nixon started this shit, and every other president's kicked it up another notch. Need to end the drug war. Need to end the over-policing of minority communities. Because that's what we need. I mean, really, like I said, you want to make inroads to people that are that are for uh, social justice, for equality of races? How about equaling out the policing? How about having these black communities that are targeted that you got 75% more cops circulating around, which is why the arrest rates are so much higher? How about evening that out? How about evening out the sentencing? How about evening out the number of black people that are in prison? How about fixing the families that are destroyed by this shit? I had to take a sip of my whiskey there. So, what had happened earlier, by the way, talking about this topic, I had said, you know, I went to say communities, I went to say uh, the black parts of the city, and I ended up saying black villages. Which, of course, you know, I was talking about black villages. Like, who, who says black villages? That's something you only see in medieval England. So you got these people, these black people, Moors, as they were called in the day, sitting around like, you know, swear to God, knights coming around here every three fucking hours, trolling around, kicking over my crops, arresting my cousin over there. What's the deal, Kingy? Why are we being overnighted over here? Doesn't make any sense. I'm just trying to make a living, aren't I? You know, the first time that was so much fucking funnier. I can't, you can't recreate comedy gold. You just, you can't do it. It doesn't work. Tried four times to do it. It's, uh, yeah, it's gone. It's gone, people. You think you're king because some watery talk threw a sword at you. Anyway. <sighs> you know, this episode was going to be so great, guys. I can only tell you what could have been. <laughs> I can only tell you what was, what once was before my computer decided to jam its red hot hard drive right up my ass. All right, let's move on to some other stuff. Uh, this is just depressing. I think about it. All right. So next thing. So Trumpers, he, uh, he has named a new deep secretary of state. And that is Mike Pompeo, Mike Pompeo, Pompeo. I don't know how to say his name. You know, I don't watch TV, but he's now taking over, which is horrible. Not only are we elevating somebody that is a member of the deep state to secretary of state, so he's getting a nice promotion there. So now he's going to be interacting with all of our uh, our enemies and uh, allies alike. But we're putting him in a place where he's replacing replacing Rex Tillerson, who was an outsider, which is ironic because Trump had said, when he said why he's letting go of Rex Tillerson, he was like, oh, because you know what? He's a little bit too establishment. What? The guy's coming from outside government. You're talking about, you just promoted a guy who's been in the army his whole career, and then went to the CIA. He's establishment as they come. And he's a psychopath. Mike Pompeo, or Pompeo, whatever you want to say his name of, he has been on record saying that the Iran deal that Obama made was a horrible idea. Which, that was one of the few things I liked about Obama. That I, I mean, that deal, better than going to war, better than seeing the poorest of the poor be sanctioned to death from America, which are acts of war anyway. Let's make a deal instead. Let's have some negotiations. Let's have some talks. Diffuse that. We don't need another armed conflict in the Middle East. What was Mike Pompeo's take? Oh, Mike says, oh, it's a terrible idea. Not only is it a terrible idea, but we need to replace the Iranian regime. He's on record saying this, and I linked to this in the show notes too. You can go read it. It's in the New Yorker. On record, wanting to overthrow Iran's regime. So this is the man that is now Secretary of State. 
And Trump ran on a whole platform of not having regime change. How regime change was a horrible idea everywhere it's been tried by America. And now you're putting in, as Secretary of fucking State, the deepest state motherfucker you could find in Mike Pompeo. A man who outwardly likes regime change and outwardly wants to do it. I mean, I'd be surprised if Pompeo doesn't bring one of those wooden John Malkovich-style guns from, uh, what was it, in the line of fire or whatever it was? Whereas Clint Eastwood is the security agent versus versus Malkovich. You're telling me Pompeo's not going to bring in a Malkovich gun and try to shoot Kim Jong-un in that meeting? Just ridiculous. And then, on top of that, you've got the new director of the CIA who's been put into place. Which, hey, good news, guys, is a woman. Yes, that'll give the feminists something to crow about. Although they won't because they hate Trump. It's a, They're always put in this position of... Hmm, to be happy or not. Like, it's the same thing like the gun, de- gun debate I was talking about. Now they've got a first female director of the CIA. Well, that should be something they should be really, uh, really for. They should be all about that. Except that Trump did it. Uh-oh. So this new CIA director is named Gina Haspel. She has been a career spy. They call her a spy master. You'd think that would be a great thing. Uh, you know, anything that's a master can't be too bad. No, no, pretty bad. 30 years in the spy and biz, 30 years as a deep stater. Not only that, she oversaw one of the very first black sites the USA overran over in Thailand, where they were on record waterboarding militants, waterboarding people. Of course, there's no habeas corpus there. There's no, there's no uh, jury. There's no uh, trial. There's no lawyers here. No. These are militants who are taken to a black site that were then waterboarded and tortured in unknown numerous ways. I'm sure they did the whole, uh, you know, reverse feeding where they put the tube up your butt full of food. I'm sure that went on. She oversaw that. Huge fan. Huge fan of the torture. So that's what we've got now heading up to CIA. We've got a deep stater for life who has been a big fan of torture. All the things that you would just say are horrible attacks on basic human rights, basic human decencies. That's who's taking over. So nice job, Trump. Nice fucking job there. In the meantime, this comes at a time where he's getting kudos for sitting down with Kim Jong-un. We're at a very delicate point of, of <laughs> maybe who, who knows, maybe we're at a delicate point of human existence when we look at the grand scheme of things that people have nukes that we're talking about using. And instead of having a man like Rex Tillerson who... Look, I'm sure he's got his flaws, but at least he was a voice of reason. He always kind of took the softer approach to things. Now you've got a hardliner in there, like Mike Pompeo and uh, and Gina here backing you up, who are just going to be all for overthrowing and torturing. That's what it, I mean. If they ran for president, if he if Pompeo was running for president and Gina was his VP, it would be overthrow and torture, 2020. But that's what we have to deal with. God, I'm still so mad that that whole medieval black village thing was lost. God, it was great. Ah, it was great. It was excellent. Monty Python social comedy. All right, guys, we're going to break. I'll be right back. My name is Dale Kearns, and I'm running for United States Senate in Pennsylvania as a libertarian. I'm a concerned citizen who has had enough. I work as a project manager for an electrical contractor in southeastern Pennsylvania. There I manage large commercial and industrial projects. I'm a husband and a father of two energetic little girls. I'm running to advocate for a society where my girls have more liberty, not less. Will you support our campaign? 
Unlike my competitors, I'm not a career politician. I don't have millionaire and billionaire donors. I'm running for Senate in Pennsylvania because I want to take the message to Washington that we want government out of our lives. Will you let me be your voice? Let me be the voice that says we will not walk quietly down the road to serfdom. The voice that says we need free market solutions. The voice that says we need to end the failed war on drugs. The voice who will fight for the forgotten man, nonviolent offenders wasting away in prison, and addicts who are afraid to speak up and seek the help they need. We are seeking members for our campaign team. I encourage you to apply. We need donations to help us spread the message of liberty across the state. We can go on hoping for liberty to happen, or we can fight together. I hope you choose the latter and join me today. Find out more at DaleKearns.com. Paid for by Dale Kearns for Office. All right, we are back with Electric Liberty Land, episode 63. I, of course, am Brian McWilliams. So, this is going to be a short episode. I, I, I am heartbroken. Like I said, I'm heartbroken. Loss of this great content. So let me do some, uh, let's talk about some, some, <laughs> some more entertaining things. How about that? How about let's talk about Hillary Clinton falling down the stairs twice in India. <laughs> I mean, that's that you can't help but be cheered up by that. Right. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that right now. Ah, delightful. And it's, uh, you got to see the video again. This is on lines of Liberty.com forward slash ELL six, three. But you got to see this video of her coming down the stairs. She's she's wearing like a sun hat. She's wearing her this weird polka dot dress. And she's being walked down the stairs by one burly man. And yet still finds two different times to hit the exact wrong place on the stair, which she's looking down at. So she clearly cannot see. And I'm looking at in a grainy video shot from 50 feet away. I can see that where she is stepping has a missing portion of the step. It's very clear. And she nails it again and again. She's looking down at her feet, clearly cannot see anymore, let alone put together two coherent sentences, because that's what I'm going to talk about after this. But you just, you gotta, you gotta watch this video. And let me just play you a little bit of audio from her real quick. All right. Admittedly, that was not actual audio from, from Hillary Clinton falling down. You can, there was no real audio on it. It was too far away. That was the sound of a penguin falling down and, and making a noise. But, I mean, look, Hillary Clinton basically has become the penguin from fucking Batman at this point. Has she not? I mean, she she sits around. She dwells in the past. She always wears these weird formless pear-shaped jumpsuits. She is the penguin. She should just embrace that. Donald Trump is the Joker. Like, really? This is, like, guys, I think I'm onto something here. Donald Trump's the Joker. You could easily make that. I know Don Smots is listening. I'm going to challenge him again uh, for the free plug. For the free plug. Did I say Don Smots? Dan, for the free plug. A Donald Trump Joker versus a Hillary Clinton Penguin. That's a great image. We'll push that on our uh, our Facebook if he gets it to me. So, I mean, come on, though, guys. This is a, This is pure movie gold I'm pitching here. But just see this woman fall down. It was, it was too funny. And clearly, she's still just out of it. So she goes to India, and she gives this speech wherein, and I'm just going to sum it up. I'm not, I don't want to bring up read the whole long quote, but she, I'll sum it up. She is on her still, woe is Hillary Clinton tour, now in India. So woe is Hillary Clinton tour. And she basically says that the reason Donald Trump won was because people who voted for her were moving forward. And the people that voted for Trump we're moving backwards. 
And they were moving backwards into racism and bigotism and sexism and all this dumb bullshit. Now, seeing that Donald Trump just put a woman in this position of CIA, of course, makes you think that maybe Donald Trump is not so sexist. And also, I look, I'd be shocked. Hillary Clinton does not strike me as a woman who is completely confident in herself. I, I, I know it sounds crazy to say a woman that ran for president, but she certainly seems to be like someone that is backstabbing, conniving, and uh, does not exactly have a strong sense of self-confidence. Otherwise, she would not be still doing a book tour, still out there complaining and making excuses to why she lost to a reality star. People that believe in their self-worth don't do that sort of thing. And if she got into office, I don't think that you'd see a woman anywhere near, maybe Huba, Huba, Abedin, Abedin, whatever her name is. Maybe Huma would be around her. And Huma, by the way, was about five steps back in the, the video that's, that's at Lions of Liberty uh, that you can see. She'd be around. But any woman that actually had any sort of power, any sort of presence, any sort of uh, gravitas, no, you're not seeing that around Hillary Clinton. Absolutely not. You would see wall-to-wall men in that cabinet because she doesn't want to be threatened. I, I guess, ironic in a way, that a woman would want no other women around, only men, so she doesn't feel threatened. But I, that's what I guarantee the case would be. She doesn't need anybody stealing her thunder. So that, I thought, was very interesting. This just and, and just this painting of, of Trump voters as bigots and racists, which is not true because we know that a large portion of them voted for Obama in the previous election. We know a lot of them were women. Because he got a ton of white women voting for him. He got a, he, I mean, he got women from all segments. He got Hispanics. He got blacks. The man won because he brought a different message. He won because he was anti-establishment. He won because you, Hillary Clinton, ran one of the most pathetic, terrible campaigns that, that's ever been run. You're an establishment shill that has lived her life sucking off of either the government or your Clinton foundation, which is just corrupt as hell. Still looking forward to that coming out. And you're just unlikable as a human being who, I mean, I I don't understand these people who look at Hillary Clinton and go, Oh, she's such an inspiration. What, in what way is she inspiring? Is it that she looks like a weird little, uh, podling goblin from the dark crystal? Is it her burlap Kim Jong-un suits that she wears all the time? Is it her looking down on the common man? Is it her uh, tossing a generation of black people in prison along with her husband and then flip-flopping all over the place on what it means? Is it her uh, opposition to basic gay rights until it becomes popular? I mean, tell me, what what is it that's attractive about her? I just, I don't understand. At all. But I do understand gravity, and I do understand that it was pretty damn funny when she fell down. All right, wrapping up, two more things. One, California uh, is fighting with Trump over sanctuary policies, and I, I'm not going to go too deep into this story because it's still progressing. I want to see what happens first. But they're trying to fight against Trump. Trump is is uh, having Sessions attack the sanctuary cities based upon the legality of it, whether or not he can take away funding from them because they're violating the federal uh, federal mandates. Meanwhile, this lawsuit's going on and California wants the U.S. suit over the sanctuary policies moved to San Francisco. I think we all know what's going to happen if they move that to San Francisco. And frankly, I can't stand that this is uh, like an option people can do. Like I, 
there's got to be a better way. When we're talking about federal policy, there's got to be a better way to decide these cases than to say, okay, well, where you file it is where it happens or where we're going to, we want it to be, be adjudicated by this specific court because we've seen time and time again, there are courts that just are liberal stampings. There are, that are GOP rubber stampings. It basically, if you go there, you know what the outcome is going to be. No matter how ridiculous and retarded they are, you know what's going to happen. And of course, if they go to San Francisco for this, you know what's going to happen. And like we're in uh, March Madness is coming up a couple days now. It'll be tomorrow as of the airing of this podcast. Look, these people don't play on their home courts. They play on neutral courts. It, college bowl games, neutral court, the Super Bowl. Well, except it would Minnesota had they not lost to the great Philadelphia Eagles would have had home, home field advantage. But still, you don't get to play in your home field. We got to have some sort of way to figure this out. There's, we need a bracketing system. We need a lottery draw. We need something where you can't be like, ah, we want to fought this court because then you're removing the objectivity. The judicial branch, their job is not to make laws. Their job is not to decide which way the country is going. Their job is to simply say, this is right or wrong developed on the Constitution. This is right or wrong concerning the circumstances. It's not supposed to be people's personal political beliefs. It's not supposed to be judges as advocates for policy pushing through bullshit which is what it's become so we need to figure this out we need to have some sort of neutral ground system where all these things take place where maybe they have a maybe they have a rotating judiciary from different states to go through how about that idea i'm not saying for the supreme court necessarily although i do oppose the you're there till you die concept i think that should be limited to something 30 years maybe but have some sort of rotating committee that that would oversee these type of things rather than okay we're going to we're going to hope go fight it over here we'll fight it in Texas if it's a second amendment issue if it's about immigration we'll fight it in San Francisco just this rubber stamping is ridiculous all right and to wrap the show up one more thing i did forgot to say it earlier but you know i uh, i've been so down i want to end this on a on a kind of a, an up note but the one thing, too, I like about Trump's uh, appointment of Gina is that, you know, I'm against her in every other possible way except one. And I don't know why nobody has thought of this before, but look, we're talking about the CIA. We're talking about a spying organization. We're talking about listening to people's conversations. We're talking about piecing together tidbits of conversations that are happening all over the globe to figure out what's happening. We're talking about spying, talking behind people's backs. And if there's one thing we know, guys. It's women love to gossip. Mm, gossiping girl. <laughs> I mean, there's a show called Gossip Girl. Let's make it CIA Gossip Girl. She's like, oh my God, did you hear? Gina, what is it? Did you hear? Gina, what? Stop it. We're listening. Just tell it to us. Did you hear? Kim Jong-un not only wears loafers, but he wears loafers with fluffy socks. Oh my God. What? No, he didn't. Yes, he did, girl. Regime change now. Let's overthrow his ass. That fat motherfucker. He can't wear that shit. That's out of style. All that. But hey, we will get all the best intel on what's going on behind the scenes in these people's castles. We're going to get all the details. We're going to feel like the real housewives of North Korea coming through. It's going to be great. All right. That'll do it for the show. Again, apologize. It would have been, uh, <laughs> it would have been longer. It would have been greater. Just like I tell, just like I tell my wife 
after our first night. It would have been longer and greater, baby, but, uh, you know, just not that man. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Apologies for the technical issues on the show that have brought me down so low on a show that started so high. And uh, I want to remind you, please do check out the, the uh, lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL63 page. You can uh, respond to the invite for our LA gathering with me, Dave Smith, Jason Stapleton, Mark Claire. That's going to be awesome. Please do support the podcast. We got all sorts of great content for our listeners. Like I said, all these details, all this good stuff was coming out way earlier than you guys just heard it. That's at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. You can get in there as low as five bucks, get all our great extra content. Please do listen to John Odermatt Felony Fridays. That's going to be coming up on this Friday, assuredly, unless the world ends. And of course, following that, Mark on Mondays with his looks and uh, interviews with people in the Liberty Movement. All right, that'll do it. So from me, a very downtrodden Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, I want to remind you to always stay plugged in to Liberty.